Hi, I'm Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. This podcast is about all things related to honest health and wellness, eating disorder recovery, lifestyle stuff, and more. I want to share my personal experience along with interviewing amazing guests to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. I've honestly always had a hard time allowing myself the dessert. If you have to, let's get real and take the cake. Take the Cake is about informing, inspiring, and educating you. It's not intended to diagnose or treat anything. It's simply for your entertainment, and I just want to give a trigger warning to anyone who is easily triggered by topics centered around disordered eating and stuff like that. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. I am really in the podcast mood and really excited to be recording Today, I am going to do a food-related Q&A, a little solo cast. So there's no wonderful guest today, just me. But I asked you guys on Instagram um, just to send me your food-related questions. And if you are new to the podcast, I talk a lot about my eating disorder recovery and you can get a better idea of my story if you scroll way down to the beginning of my podcast journey. I posted a story podcast, so you can go back and check that out if you're interested. But long story short, I am about three years into my recovery. So it's been a really great journey, and I have learned more in this three years than I feel like I've learned in my whole life. So I just love to share the experience that I've had over the years, just in case I can help anyone out there. It's so cool that I have a little community. So welcome if you're new, and if not, then welcome back. So I asked you guys, like I said, um, about, you know, really general, any food-related questions, and I got so many. So today I'm going to, I might kind of, I'm not going to speed through them, but I am going to try and answer as many as I can without this being like a two-hour podcast because that's not my jam. So bear with me while I try and, you know, have concise but knowledgeable, you know, answers. And um, just thank you so much for everyone who reached out to me and asked me a question. I really appreciate it. You can follow me. My handle is at Kate Noel with two underscores at the bottom, and I'll leave that linked in the show notes as well if you would like to get on the next one. I like to do these every once in a while. And honestly, it is kind of a high-stress day. It's election day, and I definitely, just probably like you, am feeling a little stressed. So I'm hoping this will take my mind off of whatever's going on around me. Okay, I'm rambling on. So without further ado, let's get started. So the first question I'm going to answer, somebody asked, how to stop feeling guilty if you, quote, overate? What about overcoming guilt for eating unhealthy foods? And unhealthy is also in quotes. So one of the biggest tips I have is to get used to the feeling of being full. And that was something I really wish somebody would have told me. And it's very normal and healthy and it's meant to happen. We're meant to be full. It's just, 
a response that our body is telling us, okay, I'm good. I don't need to eat anymore. There's a scale to it. Sometimes we're a little bit full. Sometimes we're a little bit more full. And really, I used to be so afraid of that. But being full is temporary and very temporary when you actually just sit with it. And when you have peace about it, you know, it's so temporary. And the real struggle, I think, is the mental stress that comes with being full because that can last days and weeks. And that's something that you can't really let go of physically, but actually being physically full is so temporary. And I guarantee, you know, you probably probably will be hungry in like three hours or so. So it's so relative to, you know, everyone's bodies are different. And sometimes you need to eat more on some days than other days. And when you fill yourself up properly to a point where you're satisfied during your meals, that's where the binging will stop, right? So we're afraid of binging. And when you fill yourself up to a point where you feel satisfied, that's where the binging will really stop. Um, You won't be as likely to binge later on in the day. And for a while, I just, this is another point, for a while, I really needed to externalize my feelings. So if I felt like I overate, you know, for whatever reason, I don't really feel that way anymore. But during my initial stages of my recovery, I really needed to externalize my feelings. So whether it was to my husband, uh, my friends, my family, or even like a journal or just some, something on your phone, just get it out there and externalize it. And just, you know, another thing I feel like is that I kind of realized how silly it is. Like, it's like, how, how am I spending this much emotional, physical energy on feeling, like feeling these things about food? You know, why am I spending so much of my emotional capacity on food? And it's kind of just like, wow, how did I rationalize this? Like, I really have been making up huge stories in my head and created all these rules for myself. And I just kind of was like, why did I do that? You know, what's the point? And kind of made it less of like a, oh my gosh, this is the hardest thing in the world. And kind of like, wow, it's really silly that I like made up the story in my head. I don't know if that makes sense. But, um, and then another thing I would like to add is that, know that our bodies can handle the extra calories. Like we will utilize all of them. You will utilize all the calories that you eat. And like I said before, you know, eating a bigger meal at lunch will probably make us feel, you know, maybe a little less hungry at dinner and it all balances out. I think it's just like we got to butt our brains out for a while and learn to just trust. And, you know, if you do overeat and you're feeling super emotional I think meditating, taking deep breaths, journaling, like I said, whatever you feel like is good self-care for you, is that's a great opportunity to implement that. And as far as like overcoming unhealthy foods, I recommend just continuing to eat them. Um, and once you experience how they really aren't like unhealthy and they don't actually impact your body in the magnitude that you think they get easier to eat. Like I used to think, oh my gosh, if I have this piece of cake or a cupcake or whatever, I am going to like have super, you know, high blood sugar and I'm going to like have a blood sugar crash and I'm going to get acne. And I just like made up all these things in my head. And at the end of the day, like one cupcake 
wasn't going to do that to me. And one cupcake a day won't do that to you. You know, I think it's just important to give yourself the opportunity to just try it and experience that it's not as bad as you have made it up to be in your head. And really at the end of the day, I just didn't give myself a choice and really learned through experience. Okay. That was the first question. (laughs) It's kind of a lot uh, to say, but um, that's a really like common one I get just feeling guilty um, with food and that will pass with time. So next question is tips on recovery if you are cooking for yourself. So I talked about meal prepping before and I actually don't recommend meal prepping. I don't recommend prepping meals for all of your meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But I do think it's wise to have some pre-made stuff in the fridge. You know, maybe you can um, just make like a few lunches to have or at least have items that you can throw together. Like it's great if you have stuff to make a sandwich, you know, or whatever. Just having some sort of stuff ready to eat. And um, I also recommend eating or having rather uh, frozen meals. So we really demonize those frozen meals, but they're great. You know, it's, they're not all just full of crap. I think a lot of them are very healthy and you can um, just enjoy eating quick meals. I think that's something that we need to get over as a society. So having some frozen meals is good. I always have some. So meal services are another one, like they're really common now. Uh, Like HelloFresh is one that I love. And, you know, you just literally pick out a recipe that you want and then you get it sent to you. And it's so fun. It's so fun to cook. I cook them by myself, honestly. Like sometimes Rio, my husband, he'll help me a little bit or I'll do it with a friend. But I love cooking them by myself too because it really helps me to learn new recipes and it's super easy. Another thing I recommend is buying a recipe book or following a recipe blogger who has really simple meals that you tend to gravitate towards and just trying out and trying out just one each week, two each week, whatever. And then you can get a journal, like a little journal, create a recipe journal and save the ones that you really, really love. Like if you ever have a recipe that stands out to you, write it down, you know, old school style, have a little recipe book that you just love to cook for yourself or people in your life. Okay, next question is how to make healthy choices and balanced meals when you're in recovery. Okay, if you cannot have a dietitian who can help you create a meal plan and help you create meals for yourself, then uh, it's really important to include carbs, fats, proteins, uh, maybe even starches in all of your meals, every single one. Also, it's really important to not question your cravings, uh, especially in the beginning of your recovery. Like, you're going to have some interesting cravings. You're going to have a lot of cravings. Your body's going to be really excited and your mind's going to be excited about the opportunity to eat these foods that you've restricted. So, don't question them. Let yourself have them. And, um, you know, that will also lead to less likely to binge later. So, just don't question them. And I would say have like a time frame with every meal where you eat that meal. So I don't think you have to be rigid about it, but like for me, I like to eat breakfast anywhere from 8.30 to maybe 10 at the latest. Um, And then sometimes I'm a little bit out of that range, but for the most part, I like to eat breakfast around that time. And that kind of keeps me 
on track as far as like making sure I get all my meals in and that they are enjoyable for me. So that's a good one to have. And also the last tip I'll say is to get enough sleep, drink lots of water, and just generally, you know, look after yourself and take care of yourself. Uh, It's a really special time when you're in recovery to, and it's hard, you know, it's hard because you're really questioning yourself, but I would just say like, listen to your cravings and just make sure you're eating all the macronutrients, getting in micronutrients and just enjoying the process really. If you are like me, quarantine has shown you that you eat a lot of the same things every day and that you're kind of in a recipe rut. Something that has made it so easy and fun and stress-free is HelloFresh. I recently tried their sweet potato pockets and they were so good. It was like a little pita with some sweet potato and cucumber and it just was delicious. Go to HelloFresh.com slash TakeTheCake90 and use code TakeTheCake90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. You heard that right, $90 off. So HelloFresh is a meal kit service. They offer convenient, super safe, no contact delivery to your doorstep. And really they're so delicious and nutritious, so much variety. Uh, They offer more than 20 chef crafted delicious options every week. Let me tell you, they're delicious. They're so, so good. It helps you to really break out of like a cycle that you're eating the same things every day. And HelloFresh is sustainable. So they are actually the first global carbon neutral meal kit company, which is just incredible. I love that. And they're also flexible and fits your lifestyle. You can easily change delivery days or meal plan preferences. You could skip a week. Really, it's super flexible and totally catered to what you want. And you can do it right on the app. They have an app that you can just pull up on your phone. And they're committed to giving back. In 2020 alone, they donated three and a half million meals so far. That's incredible. That's so many meals to to people in need. So if you're interested, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash TakeTheCake90 and use code TakeTheCake90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. Somebody asked, do I eat sweets and chocolates a lot or am I scared of them? I eat a sweet thing basically every single night. Uh, if you follow my YouTube channel, you know I love a good bowl of cereal. I love some ice cream. I love a cookie. I just loved baking. Quarantine has really done something to me and just made me love baking. And it's just such a lovely part of my night. Makes me feel so happy and balanced and it's the best. So yes, I do. I'm not scared of them. Lots of people asked, do I still have fear foods? And was when was I able to overcome them? And at the moment, you know, just being real with you, the only real fears I have around food are centered around my digestion. So I am on a digestive healing protocol right now. I'm working with somebody and have taken lots of tests. And there are days I feel ever so slightly fearful that my, you know, healing, vulnerable body will have a hard time with digesting things and maybe like malnutrition, not being able to absorb all the nutrients. But it's something that I'm able to really work through and cope with. And I can see that there are irrational fears because my body is doing better and I'm feeling good. I'm not feeling perfect, but I'm still on the protocol. So I know it's just a matter of time and patience and mindset. And 
my fear foods from my eating disorder, you know, are still foods that I sometimes have to give myself maybe a little push to eat depending on the day, but I feel very free around food. And I would say for the most part, I don't, I don't act on my fear foods. I don't really think about them. So I feel like I'm basically free from them. (laughs) Okay. Okay, next question is, do I still struggle with binge eating? And no. So as soon as I let myself eat freely and stopped restricting and honoring my hunger, um, even on days where I had extreme hunger, I had a lot of extreme hunger days, I stopped binging. And I remember feeling like really scared that I was just destined to be a binge eater. And truly, it completely stopped for me. Like I remember getting home from work after, you know, I'd shoot all day. I would be really tired, get home and I'd be super hungry and I would just binge and binge and binge until I felt just awful. And I immediately stopped doing that when I stopped restricting. So maybe for you, it won't happen as fast, but I know for sure it will happen if you just give yourself time and patience and love and um, yeah, I, I really think that it's it's more a restriction issue than like a blatant binge issue. That was at least my experience. Next question is, do I feel insecure if people comment on the type of food I'm eating or how much I'm eating? I do not have experience with this. I don't think people generally do that. So if you're afraid of that, I would say get rid of that fear because I don't really think it's something that... Um, it happens. And I also would imagine if you are around people who question your eating habits, they might not know the space that you're in. So maybe it's time to have a conversation with them about how that affects you. Somebody asked, do you have a hard time forgetting the macros slash number of calories in food items? Okay. This is so interesting. I had to answer this because I actually have never, I've never really thought about this, but I never thought that I would be able to forget the number of calories and the macros in items, but seriously, over time, I've completely lost sense of the numbers, and it's so beautiful and freeing. And just a side note, like, intuitive eating and counting calories are mutually exclusive, like, you cannot do them together. So if you are wanting to start your intuitive eating journey, it's very important for you to ditch the calorie counting. Delete the MyFitnessPal, delete the whatever it is, Noom. Get rid of it because it's not there to serve you. So I just, I'm so grateful that I don't think about numbers and I just, I see food for what it is really now and it's just, it's the best. Okay, somebody said how to manage IBS and restrictions that it brings without restricting because of eating disorders. So the next episode, I think the next episode I'm going to record is going to be with an IBS dietitian. So stay tuned because we're going to unpack a lot in that episode. Okay. Somebody said thoughts on plant-based eating. So I think it depends on where you are in your recovery journey. You know, if you're interested in incorporating more plants into your diet without the idea of like you know, replacing or restricting foods, like actually doing it for ethical reasons or just like simply enjoying eating plants more. Or if you're in a space where you're like, I don't think I'm eating enough plants. I think it would be healthier for me to eat more plants in my life. Then I think go for it. I mean, if you're actively recovering from an eating disorder, I would say to toss the labels 
you know, I don't think you should be labeling yourself anyway. I personally consider plant-based, you know, different than veganism. I think of plant-based eating as more like 80% plants or so. And to be honest, you know, I feel like part a part of my healing journey has been you know, eating more plants. And so a diversity of plants is really healthy for us. It's a very healthy part of eating and it's good for the body. But I don't think it's safe to prioritize eating plants over physical and emotional recovery. So I just think it depends on where you are in your recovery. I would not have been able to handle, you know, oh, I'm completely plant-based or any label for that matter in the beginning of my recovery. So yeah, I would say just really be careful with the labels and um, yeah. Okay, next question is, why do I think different people avoid certain food groups? Okay, I was actually just talking to Rio about this and here's what we came up with. (laughs) People want to put their identity in something and I think a lot of people want to have a sense of belonging And I also think that with social media now, people kind of like idolize people who champion these certain diets and they want to be like them, even though they will never look like them or be like them, even if they eat the same way as them, just because people want that and because people idolize other people. And I also just think that people want structure in their own lives. So that's another thing. I I don't really know, honestly. I I think diet culture is just so prevalent that it's really hard to escape. And I think diets can be kind of culty sometimes as well. Okay, somebody asked white starches versus brown starches. So both. Okay, white starches are more simple. For example, white rice is just regular rice that has been, had the casing removed. So white rice is actually a lot easier to digest. And it's so nice. And it's also great, you know, because it's very bland. So you can add lots of flavors and herbs and you can really make it your own kind of like flavor because it's it's just so bland in a good way like in a nice in a nice way and you know brown rice is heartier obviously it still has like the casing on it it's the whole grain it has lots of fiber it has a distinct flavor and yeah they both have fiber and nutrients and i think it's important to include them both um for a while i was like only eating regular white rice because I felt um, like I just was really struggling with my digestive system, like I said, you know, before. So now I'm incorporating both and it's, it's amazing. I just love how both white versus brown are just unique. Okay, someone asked, do I still eat my meals and snacks when I don't have an appetite or are not very hungry? So when I was on my meal plan, when I was in IOP, when I was seeing a dietitian for a lot of my recovery, I ate three meals and three snacks per day. And honestly, it wasn't easy. Like a lot of the times my body wasn't hungry mentally or physically. And in hindsight, it really was like a saving grace for me because I really needed the structure and I really needed the challenge and I needed the calories and the food. And now that I'm three years into my recovery and can identify as an intuitive eater. I'm not always eating three snacks a day. Sometimes I'm eating one, sometimes I'm eating three, but I'm absolutely eating all three meals. Like there's no skipping meals allowed for me. And so I definitely, definitely have that as a strict rule for myself. 
Okay, next question is tips for recognizing hunger signals. So I think if you feel physically hungry, obviously it's important to eat. I think if you feel mentally hungry, you know, honor your feelings by eating if it's healing for you. That's like a beautiful self-care idea. Meg McCabe, who is an eating disorder recovery coach, has a really great uh, Instagram TV, IGTV post about that on her Instagram. So check that out. And if you have extreme hunger, it's important to eat. And if you don't have hunger signals, I recommend seeing a dietitian and getting a personalized meal plan because that can really help you get some structure and peace of mind. Okay, somebody said, what foods did I eat to get my period back? So I had hypothalamic amenorrhea for basically my whole life until I started my recovery. So um, yeah, I just ate everything I used to restrict. So sandwiches, carbs, bagels, ice cream, chocolate, fruit, pasta, full fat versions of stuff like yogurt and mayonnaise and it was such a fun, beautiful time in my life. So if you're in that space, you should just surrender and let yourself do do it because it's so fun and just beautiful. And now I am able to incorporate all those foods in my life with balance. Somebody said, why and how to stop counting calories? So I kind of already touched on this, but I'll go a little bit more in depth. So, okay, counting calories is so addicting. It will prevent you from listening to your body and your body knows what it needs and it's trying to tell you, but you have an eating disorder in its way and your body is so much smarter than an app. You are real and an app is an algorithm. It's, it's not even like it's nothing and compared to you. So just sit with that for a moment, like delete the app. Don't even think about it. Give yourself something to do instead, like journal about the actual meal. You know, do you do you like it? Would you have it again? And I think like once you stop counting calories, you stop. You know, it's just so addicting in my experience. So um, yeah, that's my take on that. I just don't think it serves people and it's impossible to intuitively eat if you're a calorie counter. Okay, somebody said, are there any foods that my personal eating disorder convinced me that I didn't like, but I actually do? Yes, here are some things that I like that I thought I didn't like because my eating disorder told me I didn't like them. Milk chocolate, mainstream candy, although I don't buy a lot of mainstream candy, I do like it. White bread, um, or any white starches for that matter. Mayonnaise. Lots of sauces in general. Like I used to be like, ew, sauces grossed me out. But I'm like, that's that wasn't true for me, really. <laughs> I don't like all sauces, but I like a lot of them. Um, egg yolks, used to only do the whites. Uh, acai bowls, which is weird. I don't know why that was something that I was like, I don't like that. And maybe the sugar. Uh, gluten, um, cheese, juice. I can't really think of anything else. I actually had a really interesting experience with the opposite happening. That's also true. Things that I thought I loved, but then as I became an intuitive eater, I realized I didn't love. <laughs> like I thought that um, kale was like my favorite green and it's definitely not. I like arugula. Uh, Quest bars, blech. stevia, no thanks. Um, like low fat yogurt. Oh, black coffee. I don't like black coffee. Sometimes I have it because I run out of creamer. That's literally the only reason I have it. 
I don't know why coffee creamer is one of those things I always forget at the store. Is anyone else like that? I'm like, why can't I remember? Um, yeah. And I think that's about it. It's all I can think of. I know there's more. It's all I can think of off the top of my head. Okay, next question is how to not let what I consume early in the day determine what and how much I eat later in the day. Okay, this is my tip, so take it with a grain of salt. But I would say think holistically, like think bigger picture. Because um, our bodies are so smart and they aren't on like, like, yes, we have a circadian rhythm and we have a daily clock. But we also have like a weekly clock. And so let's say we eat a lot on a Monday and on a Tuesday. And then, you know, maybe that Friday, we won't eat as much. We won't be as hungry. And it's not like a day-to-day thing. I think the whole like hunger thing, it's like if you're hungry, eat. And it will balance itself out if you truly just like honor those signals. Um, You know, and it also has to do with other things. Like maybe you didn't get a good night's sleep you know, so your bodies need the energy, maybe we're on our periods, maybe we walked a lot a couple days before, like, just think bigger picture. Don't think like, oh my gosh, I had all this extra food earlier in the day, I have to restrict tonight, because your body is just so much smarter as a whole, and it can handle the extra calories, and it will know what to do the next day, or the next day, or the next day, and it all balances out, it's so beautiful, It's one of those things that you just don't have to overthink, and that's a blessing. So, yeah. Somebody asked, why am I no longer doing fear food challenges? And kind of like I said before, I don't really have the fear foods that I used to have, but I still do want to make them to inspire you. So, you know, I'm always open to requests over on my YouTube channel, so if you ever have ideas comment on my YouTube channel uh, videos and I will be sure to check it out because I see all those comments so much more than my Instagram DMs. Somebody asked, what is a food that you miss the most while you were in your eating disorder? Okay, I love this question. So I kind of already answered this too, but cereal, coffee creamer, ice cream, cookies, bread, anything, you know, carby. Also, I used to only order salads at restaurants, so just being able to order what I wanted at a restaurant is so, it's so nice. Um, sandwiches, entire bananas. I think everyone eats half a banana, and I just don't understand. Like, I used to do that, and I'm like, why Why doesn't anyone just eat the whole banana, you know? Entire bananas, and basically any food that is mainstream, you know? Also, new items at Trader Joe's. Yeah, those are ones I really missed. So fun recovery. Okay, somebody asked how to enjoy your favorite foods when you still feel guilty about them. So I think it's so important to separate your healthy self from your eating disorder self. And this is something that I did that I think helped me a lot. So journaling about the things that you love and then about the things that are hard, like with the foods. So for example, let's say I have some bread what about the bread do you love? Make a little column in a journal and write out what do you love about it? And then write what don't you like about it? Like what's hard about it? And I think if, you know, if you we're on the same wavelength here with our eating disorders, the things that are hard are going to be related to your eating disorder. They're going to be things that are 
fears. They're not real and they're related to your unhealthy self. They aren't from your healthy self. So I think it's good to separate that. I would also say to have them at least once a week for a while or so and, you know, get used to the process of buying them, having them, and then digesting them. Like I said before, it gets easier the more that you do it. And, and yeah, I just would say like, what is my healthy self? Is my healthy self enjoying this right now? Yes, it is. Like my healthy self loves this. And, you know, we're trying to get rid of the eating disorder voice. So I think it's just a great practice to do that when you are, you know, eating fear foods. Hey, somebody asked, um, about cooking with oils besides olive oils, like cooking with butter and granola oil and, you know, how to do that, basically. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming that you're talking about PUFAs, which are polyunsaturated fatty acids. And those are the things that I feel like people are scared of when it comes to, you know, those cheaper oils. I don't consider butter. I don't think butter is a PUFA. But um, I think it's normal to have a preference with cooking oils, as long as it's not from like a disordered perspective. So I personally use olive oil, butter, and coconut oil most. Those are the things I just always have. And I try and mostly buy, if I buy processed foods, which I do, I buy processed foods that utilize higher quality oils. But this was something that I just recently started doing. And I still honestly, you know, I still get stuff that have poofas in them. I get whatever I want, but I just try and be more mindful about the ingredients that are in things that's basically the only ingredient I look out for are PUFAs. So I think that like, as long as you're including a variety of foods that nourish your mind, body, and soul, I think it's okay to have a preference on oils, but it sounds like you are afraid of certain oils. And I don't think that's, I think that's something that you should try and get over before you would, you know, have any sort of labels on what you should and shouldn't have. I hope that makes sense, but yeah, it's totally fine to have canola oil, vegetable oil, like it's in everything, honestly, so it's really hard to avoid, and I don't think anyone who's in recovery should be trying to avoid them anyways. It's just too much to think about. You know, you have to give yourself grace. Somebody asked how to respond to a friend's negative comments about food. So if you have a friend who's like talking a lot about diet culture, or they're just like talking about their bodies, whatever... I would say like this is your opportunity to change their lives and use your power and your knowledge and say like, oh my gosh, I think you are so beautiful the way you are and like that food looks so good and you know, you are just perfect the way you are and tell them that diet culture has made us scared of food. You know, you can just use your power and use your knowledge. Um, I used to be really afraid that I was like annoying people by you know, with my friend, if someone I, I was friends with said something, you know, that triggered me, I used to be like, either get super defensive or be like, I can't say anything because that's like embarrassing or annoying. And now I'm just like, no, I think people really appreciate your honesty and your perspective. So I would say use your power. You can change their lives just like yours is being changed. You know, you can be an empowering voice for your friends. So that's what I would say. And if you don't want to say anything, I would say just just protect yourself, protect your heart, and protect your recovery. And a part of that is setting boundaries. So 
you need to take a break from hanging out with that person, you know, if they don't respond well to like a conversation you have with them about, you know, say, hey, I, I'm in recovery. I, I really can't listen to you talk about food like that. It's really hard for me. And if they don't respond to that well, then I would say it's time to set some boundaries. So those are all the questions that I have. And I just really appreciate you all so much for listening to this and, and taking the time to, to love yourself and honor yourself and honor your recovery by choosing to invest in your recovery by listening to this podcast, asking questions and engaging with, with this community. Cause it's just, it's so powerful to learn to intuitively eat. I think intuitive eating really is like spiritual and it gives you a lot of insight on your, yourself and it's very internal and it can really allow you to discover yourself in more ways than just food. You know, it's, it's a life thing. It's not just a food thing. So thank you so much for listening. And like I said in the beginning, I will leave my Instagram down below and I will do more Q and A's in the future. So if you want to give me a follow, you can be on the lookout for that. And please don't forget to leave a rating and a review if you enjoy this podcast. It really just supports me and it's so special. I love doing this. It's, it's an honor to be able to talk to so many people and just inspire people. My audience honestly inspires me too. So I just love this synergistic relationship. And yeah, I uh, also wanted to say I have been releasing meditations on Insight Timer as well as on my Instagram. And I'm going to be launching um, bundles pretty soon that you can actually buy. So I am really excited about that. If you guys are interested, you can check out Insight Timer um, or you can just check out my IGTV and listen to them on there. And that can give you like a little, a little preview of what's to come for the bundles. So yes, thank you guys so much again, and I will see you on the next episode of Take the Cake. Bye!